You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Just, um, there are some times when you prepare for a sermon that you really feel the weight of it. A whole bunch of people said, are you okay? You're feeling okay? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, I can be quiet sometimes, but you feel the weight of what God's saying. And then in the middle of worship, I really feel stirred uh, for this prophetic word that God wanted to release this morning. And it's a word in tongues. The Bible teaches that when a word in tongues is given, it's given with interpretation for the benefit of all of us so we can understand. And uh, when this happens, I get very nervous uh, because I always want to say, I want to make sure it's from the Lord. But here's the word in tongues. And Louise, who's got the gift of interpretation, will interpret it for us this morning before I preach. Shento sa te kende rema sande. Toroma takase remo she sendalaba. Rama kotoende rebokoshe satarasen. Noto rekende rama she rokose adonai. The Lord God is strong in power. Exalted above the heavens. Adonai, King of the ages, our rock of refuge. The Lord is raising up an army in these days. An army full of his glory, a holy army. A people full of the fear of the Lord. Who is like the Lord our God, mighty in power, strong to save? Who is holy like the Lord our God, the only true God? Adonai, our King, our Saviour. Let the fear of God fall upon his people. Amen. 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 The Lord is good. So uh, today uh, we are on part two of our series in the Bible that Matthew started so well last week. Uh, Matt and Elodie are in Tasmania this morning, uh, helping with a uh, handover, transition of leadership uh, with uh, Russ and Mary to Tim and Katie Oliver. And then Russ and Mary will be joining us as a church from mid-year onwards. So a good time for the kingdom. 
And so today, uh, I asked the Holy Spirit during the week, um, what shall I preach on? It's my favourite topic. I love preaching on the Kingdom of God. And so when the Holy Spirit put it in my heart about preaching about the Kingdom, I said, thank you, Lord. And uh, you might be wondering right now, why is Paul holding a sword in his hand? Is that right? Anybody else ask that? Just because I just needed some help too, because I'm getting old. Instead of a walking stick, I just know I'm only joking. Today, uh, the topic of what I want to preach on is called the clash of the kingdoms. The clash of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. See, for a believer of Jesus Christ, there is no demilitarized zone. Either you are in the kingdom of God or you're in the kingdom of Lucifer, Satan. And we have a battle on our hand. It's a battle that's been raging for years, but Jesus has already won the victory. And part of you and I is that we get to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on earth. The key mission and mandate of Jesus was the kingdom of God. All that Jesus did in the four synoptics was he preached the coming of the kingdom of God. And then he demonstrated with signs and wonders. He brought salvation, he brought repentance, he brought healing, and he brought deliverance to people who were demonically oppressed. All that he did was to advance the kingdoms. So I want to ask you today, is this the same mandate that God has placed upon Jesus, upon you and I today? And the answer to that is, that was a very weak yes. The answer to that is yes. Yes. I want to make a statement right now that might rattle some of you. But that's good. We need to be rattled sometimes. What if your salvation, your healing, your deliverance, or the salvation that God uses us to bring to other people and healing other people and deliverance has got less to do with your breakthrough and more to do with the advancement of the kingdom in and through you. See, we celebrate when somebody gets saved, amen? We celebrate when somebody gets healed. We celebrate when somebody gets delivered from demonic oppression. But I want to say that every time that happens, two things happen. Is that the kingdom of God advances. Every salvation, every healing, every demonic oppression being broken, the kingdom of God forcefully advances. At the same time, the kingdom of Satan goes backwards. Every time we see a salvation, every healing, every deliverance, you are used by God to advance the kingdom of God. This is not a game. I came to Jesus, pretty church, happy people. No, this is because God is calling you to be obedient to the advancement of the kingdom of God. You've got a job to do. One, to advance the kingdom of God. And the other one is to push back the kingdom of Satan. I'm glad this, this sword is not any heavier than it is. Thank you, Josiah. Would you open your Bibles this morning with me? I'm going to read four verses from the four synoptics, the four Gospels, just to show you that all four demonstrate what I just said. The central message, the central mandate of Jesus was the advancement and bringing in the kingdom of God. Now, I want to say this. When you read the Bible and something is said over and over and over and over again, that means it's really important. 
Really, really important. Here we go from Matthew 4, 17 to 22. And Jesus went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread through all of Syria and they brought, brought to him all the sick, those afflicted with various disease and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. Amen? And great crowds followed him from Galilee to the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem to Judea and to Jordan. Mark 1.15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 are the Magna Carta. The Magna Carta of the message and mandate of why Jesus came. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. To bring, to set liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set liberty to those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The same Magna Carta is for you and I as sons and daughters of God. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Every time you exercise faith, Every time you declare the gospel, every time you pray for a sick person, every time we cast back a demon, you are using the Magna Carta. You have the imprint of the gospel of the kingdom in your heart. See, when you give your life to Jesus and you come to the cross, you get a brand new passport. Did you know that? It's an invisible passport. It's a kingdom passport. And on there, there's a seal from the king in heaven, Jesus, son or daughter, ambassador of the kingdom. You carry that passport in your heart. And every time you declare the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God advances and the pseudo kingdom of Lucifer goes backwards. Just in case you don't know who Lucifer is, Lucifer is the true name of Satan, the opposer of Jesus. And he is the prince of this heir. And one day, he'll be defeated forever. Amen? Amen? One final one, John. Now, in the Gospel of John, the doctrine of the kingdom of God only appears twice. But the manifestation and the presence of the kingdom of God is repeated. John 3, 3. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. You see the kingdom of God. Everything that Jesus did in these four Gospels was centered on the mandate of the Gospel of the Kingdom, the bringing in of the Kingdom of God. The Kingdom of God is the sovereign rule of God. It's not a physical kingdom. He didn't come to destroy Rome. He didn't come to bring down kings and this. He came to bring the Kingdom of Heaven, the rule and reign, the authority of Heaven here on earth. After 400 years of silence between the Old and the New Testament, between Malachi and Matthew, after 4,000 years from Genesis 3, the fall, till the coming and the birth of Jesus, the time was at hand when Jesus came at the age of 30 to bring in the kingdom of God, to say, enough is enough. 
Enough, enough. Enough people separated from intimacy with Jesus. Enough people being sick. Enough people being oppressed by the devil. I'm going to send my son, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's going to whoop Satan's buttocks. Amen. He's going to come. And how I'm going to do it? I'm going to demonstrate it through Jesus first, and then I'm going to release it to disciples of Jesus right through all the nations. They'll be working as doctors and nurses and teachers and mums and going to Romania. And all of that pays the bills. So you become the very thing you were created to be, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. People of God, pick up your sword. People of God, now is the time. Revival is in Australia right now. The angels are playing their trumpets. The oil of the new wine is coming now. Pick up your sword. Too many of you put your sword down. Too many of you, oh, oh, you know how to pick a fight. You know why? Because Jesus has already won it for you. He's already won it for you. Eldon Ladd, in his book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, great book, says this, the kingdom of God is his kingship, his rule, his authority. When this is realized, you see why this has become central in the Bible. Central. In the Gospels, he explains the kingdom of God through parables. It's like, a, it's like a mustard seed. It's like a treasure hidden in the field. It's like the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus demonstrates the kingdom with incredible power in miracles like the raising of Lazarus. Heck, his own raising from the dead is the greatest victory to see the advancement of the kingdom and pushing back the pseudo-kingdom of the devil. He made it central to prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy rulership come. Every day we should be praying that. Lord, how can I put into practice the kingdom of God and push back what the enemy says? Too often we listen more to the voice of the devil than to the voice of the Lord. Do I get discouraged? You bet your bottom dollar I do. Do I get anxiety? I'm sorry to say, yes, I do. And so the weapon that I have is the Word of God. If God is for me, who can be against me? I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I am the head, not the tail. Every time I utter the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, I'm moving forward, moving forward. And the kingdom of God is advancing, and the devil doesn't like it. Stop whinging as a Christian. Yes, we have bad times and bad seasons. Sickness happens, depression happens, anxiety, but Jesus. Pick up your sword. And sometimes you won't feel like it. Amen? Sometimes there are days I just don't feel like it. I'm broken and bruised, and I said, I can't pick it up. And then God sends somebody like Mark to do a devotion at staff, and he says these words, don't give up. That morning I said, God, I've had enough. I want to give up. And God sends the prophet of God. See, that's why we are in family. That's why we, there's an army of God rising up. That's why we pray for all the churches in our region, because we are one together. We pray for Numa right now, who, who, who their, their, their senior shepherds have, 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 have stepped down for health reasons. We pray for them, anoint them, bless them, anoint them with fresh oil. It's released to us through keys and mysteries. 
It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you loosen, Mark Shefson, get ready for that sermon, will be loosened here. He gives you the keys. He gives you mysteries. You're not alone. He says, pick up your sword. Let's do it together. Advance forcibly. Don't let the enemy steal one second from your life. Young people, don't let the enemy steal your virginity. Woo! Don't know if I'm this, don't know if I'm that. No, if you're a boy, you're a boy. If you're a girl, you're a girl. How dare the enemy say otherwise? You know how I know that? The word of the Spirit. Oh, I don't know. But how you? No, no. You can't be unstable. You know you are. Read the word. Read the word. And I want to say this. Speak the word of God aloud. He hates it. Shitarama Sunday. He hates it. I'm on tongues today. He commands us to submit our thoughts to the patterns of this world. Romans 12. Conform no longer to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind. You know what he's saying? Stop thinking worldly thoughts. Submit your thinking to kingdom thinking. God's in control. I read Revelation 22. He's coming back. It's up to you and I every day to pick up your cross. Is it hard? You bet your bottom dollar. Are there difficult days? Yes, we do. Is there tears in the battle, Monica? She says yes. Married 30 years, two wonderful sons. Hurry up with grandchildren. Oh, look this way. It's just beautiful holding, holding Raphael. I said, when's my turn to be a granddad? Get married first, says the Lord of my, says the prophet of God. Thank you, prophet of God. So he demonstrate this. Why? I want everybody to say this with me. Why? Why was the kingdom of God so central? It's because God wanted to release the authority of heaven and push back the kingdom of darkness. That's why healings are important. Deliverance, salvation, forgiveness, repentance. Every time we do this, we exercise authority in the kingdom. It's got less to do with my healing. We sometimes elevate, woo, the healing, woo, the deliverance. Rather, woo, the healer. Woe, the deliverer. Woe, the savior. And when we understand that these tools are simply to advance his kingdom, and we walk with humility, watch what's going to happen. Amen? The church too often takes the glory from the Lord. For crying out loud, stop it. It's not about I. It's about him and we. I'm tired of hearing, and I do this, and I say this, and I prophesy. Shut up. Shut up. The only reason you say anything is because of the king. And I've used I so often, it's embarrassing preaching this. Who do you think I'm preaching to? Me. Me. And he goes, really, Paul? You said that. You did that. I thought I did, says the Lord Almighty. Colossians 1.13. And this is the clash of the kingdom. Oh, my word. 11, oh, I thought it was 12.57.
She said, stay and rest. Colossians 1.13, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Read that. Powerful. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of our sins. In John 19.33, it says this, I've not come to bring an earthly kingdom, but the kingdom of heaven. When Caesar says to him, Pilate says to him, are you a king? He says, you say that I am, but my kingdom is not of this earth. We bring in a rulership, a thinking, an action, agape love. Agape love makes no sense outside of the kingdom. Why would I love one another? Why would I love you? I do, by the way. But thank you. But it's not normal. On Sunday morning, 95% of Australians are fishing or at the pub or whatever they're doing. Isn't everything about fishing? It's my world. Andrew Matthews, help me here. Did you come fishing? I'm by myself. I've dug my own hole. Thank you, my friend. I hear you. Why will we do it? Because of the king. Because he's given me a mandate. I get to play the game. I'm not just a spectator. I watch the game. I pray for people who've got uh, white cells issues. And they ring me up at four o'clock and they say, the report is great. I'm not getting worse. Young Shepston boy. We pray and pray and pray against the odds because of different stuff. Joshua is his name. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I was just punctuating Josh. And God makes a way when there was some, let me tell you, there were some barriers there, there was some opposition, and we prayed, and prayed as an eldership, but God. You know what happened when he gets his job? He got a job. The kingdom of God advances because it's an answer to prayer. Do you get how important it is, the kingdom of God? It's less to do with us, and every time we honor God, he does more. When he hears these words, it's all about him. He goes, Really? Ooh, you're not taking my glory? More, 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 more. And there's nobody he can't use. See, a lot of people go, ooh, deliverance, ooh, deliverance. But when you understand it, it's not about me. It's that I'm going to be obedient to advance the kingdom of God and kick the butt of, of the devil. The first time I was involved in deliverance, I was four-hour deliverance. I was terrified. I was terrified. Little room in Ranwick, in Sydney. And this guy was manifesting like I've never seen before. You saw the movie The Exorcist? Well, this was 10 times worse, except for the head spinning around. These things were wobbling. These things were coming out, green eyes. When, woo, Spielberg would have a fun day here. I saw the kingdom of God. I saw the authority of the kingdom. I saw this broken man who was leading the gay movement in Sydney, radically saved on that day. I said, there is a God. The kingdom of God is at hand, and we are advancing it. And we advance it. Satan's weapons are these. Sin from Genesis 3. He's never changed his weapons. Never. He's boring as sin, rebellion, brokenness, bondage, rejection, loss of identity, death, suffering, suicide, pride, and prejudice. But on the other side, 
the weapons of Jesus. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen? And here they are. Woohoo! Here comes my sword. Don't split the shirt. I'm trying to lose weight. Salvation. Assurance of identity and belong. I belong. Every time you say that, I belong, you're advancing. Every time you exercise signs and wonders, you're advancing. Every time you say, yes, it's a battle, but Jesus, you're advancing. At the same time, you're saying, devil, get behind me. Devil, but you're beaten. Devil, you've got nothing on me. He gives you boldness. He gives you peace, joy. The kingdom of God, it says in Romans, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I could not do what I do without the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? Trying to make this happen as a church. How boring. Uh, oh, man. When people say, oh, the Holy Spirit's not for today. I go, oh, you fool. Oh, you have to give an account to the Lord for that one because you think you can make it happen. Either you make it happen or he does it. The equation is simple. Oh, we've gone quiet. Woo-hoo! He gives you anointing and power, sonship and adoption. I've said it over and over again. God's power and purpose of the kingdom of God is in you, but even more importantly, through you. He wants to use you. He wants you healed. Amen. Don't hear me wrong. We need, do we need inner healing? Oh, yeah. Do we need freedom from oppression and attack? Oh, yeah. Do we need freedom in our spirit? You bet your bottom dollar. But when that happens, I become a testifier. How's that for a word? I'm a testifier of the kingdom of God in me. I've been set free, so now I can bring freedom to you. I'll just point to the chair. The more I get freedom, the more freedom I give. The more I understand salvation, the more I preach the gospel. At 60 years of age, I'm more excited now for revival than in any time before. I'm excited. And Melbourne, this is our time. I'm a Sydneyite. But God bless Sydney right now. Melbourne's the place to be. Revival is here. The trumpet call is here. And God wants to use you. Pick up your sword. Start picking a fight with the devil. Not your wife, not your children, not politicians. You're not called to do that in the flesh. Our battle is not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. And if you don't know how to fight, we'll teach you how to fight. We'll fight with you. We won't say, just go and do it. The guy who taught me the first time of deliverance, Greg Beach, he said, oh, I need to go and get a coffee. We'll be back in a minute. Four hours later, he came back. Rotter. But I thank the Lord. In the school of hard knocks that I learned, and I had to say, Jesus, help me bring freedom to Bruce. That was his name. Help me bring freedom. Four hours later, this is after the morning service. I'm hungry. I wanted to go home. I'm terrified. Bruce walks out a free man. A free man. 
The same spirit that was on Bruce is in this room now. The same anointing that we've seen Jesus touch thousands is in this room this morning. Just one act of obedience. Young people, young people, I'm talking to you. The world says, oh, what's your purpose? What's your purpose? What's your purpose? I'm sick and tired of hearing that. I'm tired. I'm tired because it puts pressure on you. I need to be this. I need to do that. Nothing wrong with that. But my purpose is to know Jesus, to love my Savior. He's got my body. Not, you know, we used to say, oh, give your heart to Jesus. I don't like that. I give all to Jesus. All to Jesus I surrender. All of it. You want a cause, Jesus. You want something to die for, pick up your sword. Get your own. This is mine. Well, it's Joey's, really. But he said I could borrow it. He's not here. But that boy of mine, he swung this sword in the spirit. And he's won battles. That son of mine right there, he's picked up his own sword. And there is times that I wanted to fight for my Samuel and my Joey and even for my wife. And the Lord says, no, they have to pick up their own sword. But I've taught them how to pick a fight, how to build a family of fight, of fighters. My wife, so many times, I wanted to go and protect her because good husbands protect. But the Lord says, no, she has to pick up her own sword. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.